Good evening and welcome to Strong to the Finish Real Talk Radio, where we talk about those topics that are uncomfortable, but yet they are very important. Our topic this evening is life after losing a sibling. In this case, my guest, whose Belinda name is Belinda Akers, she has had to cope with the passing of losing a brother and a sister. I want to welcome you, Belinda, this evening. Thank you so much, Val. Belinda, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as you said, my name is Belinda Akers. I am the seventh of ten children. Oh, wow. Um, yes, and I am the second oldest girl, third oldest living child. Um, my mother had birthed 11, and one passed away at the age of, of 10 months. Wow, you have a big family. Yes. That's amazing. Six girls, four boys. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> awesome. I bet you have some interesting stories. Oh, we did. We, we had a lot of fun, too. So. I did. I did. Wow. Our own baseball team. That's a blessing. That's such a blessing. <laughs> yes. Well, tell us about the deaths of your brother and your sister. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, my brother uh, passed first in... 2009. He had just turned 50 in July, and he passed in August. Wow. So, you know, 30 days or so after right. his 50th birthday, he had not been ill, mm. even though he had suffered most of his adult life with what they call grandma seizures. Okay. Um, that wasn't what we would call a death sentence. He right. was uh, on medication, watched his diet. Uh, he may not have eliminated stress like he should have. Right. But uh, for the most part, um, that wasn't something that should have taken him out. Right. Um, however, unexpectedly, mm-hmm. on August the 28th, um, I get a call that something's going on in my mother's house. My sister wasn't sure what it was. But she said, I'll call you when I get there. Right. When she pulls up, she said, okay, something's going on because there's too many people. Right. There's ambulance. There's police. Oh, wow. Your other brothers and sisters are here. She said, the pastor from the church is here, so something's going on. She said, I'll call you back. She got in the house, and she didn't call me back. One of my cousins called me. Oh, wow. And he said, he calls me Lynn. He said, Lynn, uh, it's Dan. And I said, what do you mean it's Dan? My brother's name is Howard Daniel. We call him Dan. Right. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, oh, he's gone. I said, what do you mean he's gone? Right. And he said, well, apparently he had a seizure and never came out of it. Oh, wow. And I'm like, wow. Right. And I said, okay, well, you know, call me back when, you know. So I hung up and I prayed right away right, <laughs> to get myself together. Right. But then I'm thinking about all of them that's in that house. One, he passed in the house. Ah, right. So that's, you know, kind of a eerie, query thing. And yes. so when my cousin called me back, he said, the coroner said he had been dead for at least 14 hours. No. Which means he had passed the night before. Um, my nephew is the one that realized something was wrong because he came over. He used to go to work with my brother. He came over to go to work with him. And he said, hey, where's Uncle Danny? And they said, he's upstairs, TV's on. So he called his name. He didn't get an answer. He's thinking he's in the restroom. He goes up the steps and sees his doors cracked and sees him in the floor. So, of course, he starts yelling, calling right. call 911, right. blah, blah, blah. Right. And then he notices that he's, you know, started to turn color. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe mm-hmm. it's too late. So, of course, my nephew by then is just hysterical. Right, right, right. And then when the uh, ambulance, you know, they get there and, you know, they tell my, um, by that time my other brother has arrived, and they tell him, you know, he's gone. Um, he said, 
the way he's looking, it's he's been dead. Wow. So when we begin to ask people questions, one of my younger brothers had gone to buy my Mountain Dew, which is his favorite drink. Right. He yelled upstairs and said, your Mountain Dew's on the counter. But nobody came back to check to see, see if, if he, he picked up the Mountain Dew. Gotcha. In fact, my brother put it in the refrigerator thinking, oh, he fell asleep, and right. I'm just going to keep the cold right. for But nobody went upstairs. Because That's it was right. a, not unusual for my brother to come in from work, eat, and go upstairs to his room. Nothing unusual about right. that at all. But when he wasn't down the next morning... And he hadn't called my nephew right. to say, where are you? Right, right. <laughs> my nephew said, something's got to be going wrong. on. Right. So, you know, then they called me back. Now, I'm in Texas. They in Indiana. Right. One of my girlfriends called me back and said, Belinda, nobody knows what to do. I said, what do you mean I don't know what to do? She said, well, they have a, his body here and they need to do something. Oh, wow. And I'm like, well, you call a mortuary yes. is what I'm thinking. Yes, you yes, know. Yes. And so she said, okay. So you're going to help? But I'm thinking, I'm in Texas. Yeah. So immediately, uh, we have a, f- a family friend um, that runs a mortuary. And so I called her and right. I said, hey, Mary, um, this is going to be really strange and weird for you because she's grown up with us. Right. I said, but I need you to go to my mother's house. And she said, what's wrong? And I said, Danny has passed away, and I need you to go take his body out of the house. She got really quiet. I said, okay, Mary, if you can't do it, can you take somebody with you yes, or send somebody? Yes. She said, I'll go with them and I'll supervise. I said, okay. Right. I just need you to. Just handle it. And then she said, when are you, when are you coming? I said, I got to get myself together. So right. you, you, you take him. <laughs> right. And then when you get him, you and I can talk. Right. And so, you know, um, my girlfriend stayed on the phone with me. Of course, as they're taking him out, you hear all this commotion, which, which I wasn't there I'm sure had I been there, I'd have been really, really emotional then. Of course. Of course, I was emotional on the phone, but I, you know. So then I began to get phone calls, and finally I just, I just didn't turn my phone off. I just put on silence. I wouldn't keep answering phone calls. Right. Most of the questions was, when are you coming? Well, after I talked to the funeral home, my girlfriend, um, she said, well, we're not going to do nothing until Monday. I said, fine, I'll come Monday. Right. You know, so I get there, and um, not sure why the lot fell on me. Right, you know, to you be were the, the chosen one, one to make yeah, I'm chosen one, as they always say, to do the um, arrangements. But I got off the plane, went directly to the funeral home, and you know, when you have a large family, people begin to throw out different things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and say things, and I let them talk. Right, and then when we had everything on paper, um, she went back over it and. She said, let's do this, because she knew ways to cut costs, save us money. Right. And she said, is there an insurance policy? And I said, not that I'm aware of. Okay. She said, okay, I just need somebody to sign on a dotted line. Well, I'd already talked to a couple of my uncles, and they're like, do what you need to do. We got you. Right. I said, I'll sign it. Right. Um, I did. <laughs> and she told me what the next steps were. And my sister, one of my sisters said... I'm going to go back by the house, and I'm, I'm going to keep looking. Maybe I'll find something. Right. She called me the next day and said, I have life insurance policy. $25,000. I said, oh, we can do it for $25,000. Right, right. So, you know, we, I made the arrangements. We did things, um, got it done. Um, he, began, he had turned. My brother was bright-skinned like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he had begun to turn dark. So she said, you know, I can do the bleaching, but... She is known for making you look natural just right. to sleep, and that's what we wanted. Right. Uh, he had a son that lived in Maryland. He had made it in town. So we got that done. We did it. Service was great. 
um, you know, we got through that. <laughs> right. And then I guess it was a couple of days after that, I got on a plane and I came home. So, you know, after you leave and come back, it's kind of when everything kind of just comes over you. And I right. thought, wow. Right. I just did that. Yes. You know, my brother just passed. Mm-hmm. I got on a plane. I right. went there. My family came later. Right. We got all this done. You know, um, my sister and him um, made sure they cleaned out his room. His son took what he wanted. Um, he had a daughter. His daughter, you know, took a few things. And um, they pretty much cleared out his room. Because the son wanted that done before he went back to Maryland. That right. was done. Right. And so he and I used to email every Sunday. He would tell me about church. Right. Tell him about church. Right. So that next Sunday, after his passing, it was like, "Where's the email? Where's my email?" Right. So it took me a little bit to to realize, okay, he's not gonna email you no more. He'd also left me a voicemail a few days before because he and I, for some reason, my mother passed in two thousand three. For some reason, he kind of channeled his whatever on me. Mm-hmm. I took the brunt of it. Right. And so he and I, I won't, I'll say he followed with me because I right. didn't fall out with him. Right. So he had not, and he knows that he had mistreated me and, and everything, had been really mean and rude. And so must have been, my birthday was in March. He called me in March and apologized to me uh-huh. and told me to forgive him for, you know, anything he'd done, you know. And he just listed, just said stuff that he had done. And I was like, wow. And I told him, well, I've already forgiven you. Right. I, I felt like it was more grief than it was anything. Right, right, right. I, I didn't take it personal. Right, right. Um, and, you know, life moved on. So I was so glad that when he passed that he had, he had cleared he that. Yeah, yes. he had done that. Uh, so that made me feel better, even though I didn't think I was mad at him. Right. <laughs> but anyway, you after that, it was just kind of focusing on fun times because he and I were 18 months apart. Okay. And so for a lot of time, people thought we were twins. Okay. They always thought he was older. Right. <laughs> right. Because he was taller. So, you know, that was just, that was that was weird. But I managed to get through that probably more so by helping other people. Mm-hmm. Um, that was 2009. Right. Then 2012, you know, my sister passed, my oldest sister. Okay. She had suffered with uh, MS, oh, wow, probably for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, not, again, not to the point of being, to the point of death. Right. Um, but that February, her husband, I don't know if it was Valentine's Day, he called me and said, um, Belinda, I had a physical, from the physical, they told me I need to come directly to the hospital. They went to him over the phone. When he got to the hospital, they told him he had, oh, my God, um, it's cancer, but that's not what they called. They didn't call it that. Some blood disease. Oh, it was in, I didn't, it, leukemia. Mm-hmm. Okay. He gets there, and they right away begin these treatments mm-hmm. on him. He was her sole caretaker. So he's like, okay, I need, I need somebody to help me. So mm-hmm. he called one of his cousins. He mm-hmm. called my sister. And he said, I need help in getting her to a place. But meantime, until he could get it arranged, because right. he's a guardian. Right. My sister's rotated going through there, and then we have another friend that she kind of helped out. I guess it was a week past. She went in. Two weeks past. They got her into a facility. Her The whole time, she always said, 
if I go into a facility, I'm not going to last. Mm. And I said, why do you say that? Wow. She said, because that's just going to be the end of me. I go, oh, no. you People go in there, right. and you're just in there until he gets better. Right, blah, right, blah, right. Blah. So I don't think she was in there a week, and he calls me early one morning and says, by this time we're into March. It's March the 9th because it's day for his birthday. He called me and said, I hate to lay this on you, sister-in-law, but um, your sister passed. Mm. And so, you know, I'm looking at the phone like, did he just say? Right. And I said, what did you say? By that time, his phone beeped. He said, I'll call you back. Oh, my husband at work. I said, Rollin just called me and said, Sharon passed. He said, is it his medication? Because she's in the hospital on these drugs. Right, right, right. He called me back and said that was the facility, and they he had to send a um, funeral home to mm-hmm, get her. Mm-hmm. So he's telling me this, and he said, uh, and I hate to do this to you, but I need you to come and take care of everything. Oh, wow. I was like, um, okay, Rollin, okay. Right. Okay. So his birthday's the 10th, mine's the 11th. He said, our birthdays are not going to be the same. And I said, well, how soon do you need me to get there? Right. And he said, well, don't rush. They know you're coming from out of state. I said, okay. So I, he gave me the information. I called the funeral home. We all went to school with the guy at the funeral home. So right. I'm, say, I'm saying here, Michael, I'm in Texas. I probably won't get there before Monday, Tuesday. And he said, we can work over the phone until you get here. Right. So, you know, he just said, you kind of tell me what you want to do when you want to have the service. That's what he said. Tell me when you want to have the service and we can work from there. And I told him. Right. Anyway, you know, I get there and um, have to go alone because my husband's due to go to Oklahoma for work. Wow. <laughs> so I go by myself and I get there and, you know, I grab one of my sisters. I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's right. go do this. Right, right, right. Um, so we go and we do everything, um, you know, run smoothly because my brother-in-law said money's not an issue. He had insurance, not a big deal. Um, he told us where the jewelry was he wanted her to, to, to wear. Um, and then I decided because it was gold, I said, no, we're going to go find something else. Right. Anyway, we, you know, we went and brought her, did everything we needed to do, got the funeral home. Uh, he told us, just pick whatever you pick. I don't care. Do, just put her away nice. Right. So we did all that. Then he calls me after we made arrangements, and I say, what day you want it? And I said, this is the day I put it on. He says, fine. He calls me to tell me they won't release him to come to our service okay. because of his condition. His, his condition. Wow. And I'm like, by, by then I did, I just break down. I'm like, okay, first of all, she just, she just passed. I mean, she's gone. Her right. husband's sick. Her son, younger, her youngest son, is just devastated. She lost her older son, you know, years ago. So it's like, what in the world? Right, right, right. So I remember vividly sending an email to a lot of the women here at the church, just a group message, email to them, and I said, I need y'all to pray. Right. Because this is this is what I'm faced with, mm-hmm. and then this is what's what I'm up against. He cannot even come to the funeral services. So the funeral director calls the hospital, talks to the doctor, and says, what if I can get him a private viewing, nobody else, sterile room, what if I can do that? You mm-hmm. give him a time frame, we'll set it up. So that's what they did. Wow. They gave him a window to come out with a nurse 
mm. to come to view her body, and then he had to be gone by the time, of course, everybody else got right. there. Um, but he made it, and he was good. You know, I just hated it. That was awesome. That just he hated that he couldn't be yeah, a part right, of it. Right, right. Um, you know, he'd already there. He already had mausoleums, so you know that was already set up, and so it just made the process easier. We did the service. <laughs> you know, I had a lot. We had a lot of support from my aunts and uncles and friends. Right. Um, and then that was so he got sick in February. She passed in March. Then after we got, you know, come out of that and kind of got mm-hmm. that settled. Right. Then. Um, Father's Day that same year, I called my brother-in-law to wish him Happy Father's Day. Right. He's still in the hospital. Right. And he said, "I'm so glad you called me." I said, "What's wrong? What's the matter?" Thought he had good news. Right. He said, "I just got a call." I said, "What now?" Right. Their son. He said, "Brandon was found two hours from like from here to Austin." Right. In a little, in another little city in Indiana, in Indiana, and. I said, what you mean found? found you know, what right. you mean found? Right. He said, well, they think it's him, and he sent his cousin oh, to geez. ID the body. Sure enough, it was him. My God. Well, he had been sick um, and was a mama's boy. Um, and my sister, even even in her bed with MS, she made sure he took his medications. And I mean, he was full grown, but right. just something about her telling mm-hmm. Anyway, he passed away. Wow. That was Father's Day. So, you know, my brother-in-law still trent in and out of the hospital, and so he, when he come out of the hospital, he would be taking care of business. Right. Um, and then, uh, since he was the last one, and he put his cousin in charge of everything. In fact, my niece did my nephews, so I told him I couldn't do it. Right. That's a So my niece yeah, did right. his. I said, I can't do it anymore. And his cousin, um, he had worked with over his uh, affairs. So then, that was June, then November, my brother-in-law passed. So oh, that was wow. a whole family wiped out in a span in a of matter like six of, to eight months. Right. Um, and so I, everything then just really just came to, I, people say they never knew it, but I went into a depression mm-hmm. because I felt like, Lord, how in the world do you wipe out a whole mm-hmm. family? Mm-hmm. I said, it's a whole family. Right, right. They have nobody to kill you. Right. That's it. That's it, right. That was it. Right. Wow, that that baffled me. But, you know. So how did you, so speaking of going into depression, how did you come out of that depression? How do you cope with all of that? So I I have, and I tell people all the time, I mean, I tell my brothers and sisters, there's something about church and going Mm -hmm. and being engaged Mm -hmm. and not staying away from church. Mm -hmm. Um. For some people, they get mad at God and they stop coming mm-hmm. to church. Well, I wasn't mad. I just didn't understand. Stand. Right. And so I felt like the way to understand was to keep to coming go. to church because yeah. I said eventually somebody's going to say something, somebody's going to mm-hmm. preach something. Or sing something. Or sing something mm-hmm. that's going to minister to me and it's going to mm-hmm. help pull me out. And sure enough, it did, you know, with the choir. Um, and I remember that, that year I didn't sing with them for Christmas. Um, but I remember just the songs and the mm-hmm. ministry and the whole, and I'm a Christmas person. I love the Christmas season. So all of that just kind of helped. And then when I thought about it, I thought, well, you know, that's kind of unfair to me. I don't know. And I always used to say, I think my brother made a deal with God, <laughs> you know? So, you know, he left right. and he left suddenly. Right. 
And then my sister left, and she left suddenly. But I knew she didn't want to be in that nurse in that mm-hmm. facility. I knew mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like, again, she made about deal with God. Okay, Lord, I'm here, and you can just take me. Right. But I thought maybe this is what the Lord had to do because they, he knew that the, her husband was going to eventually right, pass away. Right, right. So that's how I dealt with it. I came right, to church. Right. I, came, I kept coming to church. I did, I did not stop. Mm-hmm. Um, even in my, what I call my depressed state, yes. I came to church. Right. Yeah, I may not have been engaging. Right. But you were um, present. But I was present. And that's what I think, um, I know, you know, think, I know that helped me mm-hmm. uh, get through that. And then focusing on memories. Um, I had pictures of... Um, my sister, my husband, um, used to take lots and lots of pictures of the holidays. So I had pictures, and so he began to take those pictures, unbeknownst to me, right. take those pictures, put them all on the computer, and then one day he said, when you get them in, I want you to come upstairs. Okay. I said, okay. And so when I came upstairs, he had put all those pictures of, he had two separate files, one of my brother oh, wow. that had passed away, yes. you know, uh, and then one of my sister and her family. Wow. And he, I forget the songs he used, but he had put music to it, to it, gospel music, uh-huh. and it just, it was, I mean, I said they cried, Beautiful. but I mean, <laughs> right. you know, it was yes. just the memories. Yeah. yeah, just the wow. memories. And I tell people all the time, and uh, somebody said that to me today when I posted um, one of my girlfriends might pass, and I put mm-hmm. on their precious memories mm-hmm. how they linger. Yes, and that is so true. All those memories, mm-hmm. you know. I tell people um, focus on the memories. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the good, the bad. You can laugh at now because right. they're gone. But that's you know, right. That's <laughs> right. Focus on the, the memories. Good, the so memories. you know, that's 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 what got me through is is yeah. church and then focusing on memories. Awesome. Thank you yeah. for that. That's going to really encourage and bless somebody to hear that. Why do you think it's necessary for us to talk about grief and loss? Because I knew you told me your somewhat of your story, but you didn't talk, you never told me the details. And I, I'm really intrigued by the details because a lot of times when, when I was dealing with what I went through, I thought I was the only one. <laughs> and so to hear your yeah. story, I'm like, okay, she got it. Even though I knew you did, but I'm like, okay, she really gets it. She really gets it. Why do you think it's important for us to share our stories? Um, because you never know who you're helping. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, people may appear not to be listening, mm-hmm. but somebody's listening. Right. And you may not ever know that you helped mm-hmm. that person until later on. They may not tell you right away. Right. It may be down the line when they tell you, you know what, when you shared your story, Belinda, you really, you really helped me. Right. You showed me something. Right. I um, am, am a pretty private person <laughs> and sometimes I go through things silently right like a lot of people mm-hmm. um, but grief is not one of the things that mm-hmm. I dealt with quietly mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand um, I remember you know even back in 2003 when my mom passed I remember leaving here going home um, she had done all of her arrangements so all we had to do was show up just go right but I remember the next day uh, funeral was Saturday. Got on a Sunday. I remember went to her church, and it was so awkward to go to her church and her not be, be there. there. And I remember leaving early, right? <laughs> because I was like, I can't do this. And I remember getting on the airplane because the whole time I was a big girl, and I remember everybody going, "She ain't cried yet." And my sister's like, "You ain't cried. What's wrong with you? You ain't cried yet." I just, I, 
couldn't cry. My mm-hmm. mother was in a good place. I had done all. I had done right by her. That's right. how I felt. Right. Um, she was safe, no doubt about it. Right. She was ready and prepared, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a piece that probably right. they didn't have. Right. And but I got on that airplane. I sat down, and before we could get in the air, I was boohooing, and my husband just left me alone. Mm-hmm. I remember the flight attendant coming to him and I could hear him say to her she just lost her mom. But I remember him allowing me just to boo-hoo Cause you needed, you needed until that. I got it out of my system. You needed that. And then when I got out of my system, the lady, the flight attendant came out she said, can I get you something to drink? Yes. <laughs> I remember you know, her saying that just right, as nice. Right. And she handed me some tissue. And I thought, wow. So even in that, and my mother passed there for Thanksgiving. So then coming up was Christmas. Christmas. So your first Christmas without your mother, mm-hmm. you're like. So I had to, I had to, to talk and face it. Right. You know, I I think when you share your story, no matter how silly it may right. sound or it may not come out right, right, or you may think nobody else has been through mm-hmm. that, I think when you openly share your story about. The, you know the battle. You know the period of depression, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, picking up the phone to call my mother. What did you cook for Christmas? Or what do you cook for Christmas? Right. Or how do I do this? Right. That was the hardest thing right. to do. With my brother, we shared stories about. We talked about work. Mm-hmm. We talked about church. Right. Um, we talked about our kids. Right. You know, so different things. It's like. Now, who am I? Now and he, like I said, he was literally like my twin. We traveled and did a lot of things together as teenagers. Right. So it's like, how am I going to do that? But you have to be able to share your story so that somebody else sees, hears, mm-hmm. and knows it ain't always going to be like that. That's right. I miss them, but I have to function in life. Yes. They, they're gone. Right. I still, I still have, have to, to live. Going. I have, even though it's a struggle, yes, and it was a struggle. Mm-hmm. I tell people, no, I'm. We may sound like it's easy, right? But there were there were times. His birth, his I remember his birthday the next year, right. Was just rough. Holidays, birthdays, <laughs> right. special occasions. You know, special things right. we did to get our first family reunion without him was just. It was just wasn't a dry eye in the place. Right. It was just really weird. Right. You know, and I called him our funeral representative because if somebody passed in our family, right. he went. Okay. okay. <laughs> and I remember telling my sister, "Now that's your job." Now she had, she got elected you know, to that now job. You got to go. So you know, you just little things you miss. You know, him sending you the bitch with somebody mm-hmm. else, him calling mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I missed all that. But I eventually, that's why I tell people it does. I don't know when it happens. I don't know when it happened for me. Right. I can't pinpoint the time. Mm-hmm. I just know that through prayer, through coming to church, through other people encouraging me, not mm-hmm. you know even having a lengthy conversation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. somebody just touch me mm-hmm. on my shoulder. Or give a hug. Right. right. Yeah. Right when you needed it. Yes. It helped me to get through. Mm-hmm. So it does. It does get easier. I just can't tell people when it gets easier. Right. I agree. I, you know, I totally I mean, get what you're saying. I, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing with oh, us no, this evening. No, no problem. And my last question for you is, what advice would you give someone who's had a sibling? Because tonight we're talking about siblings right. passing away. What advice would you give someone who's had a sibling pass away or more than one sibling pass away? Wow. 
to, for me to even be talking about this is just even weird to think I would have siblings that passed away, you know, right. you just kind of think. But um, I always tell people, like I said, focus on the memories. Um, I told one person, um, start a scrapbook, do a scrap, mm -hmm. do whatever makes you happy and gets you through that. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's scrapbooking, uh, like my husband did, putting all those pictures together for right, me on right, a CD, right. um, you know, where I can play it at any time. Um, I saved my brother's voicemail probably for about a year. Oh, wow. And then I thought to myself, you know what? It, just one day. You just you were I ready. Just, yeah. At that point, yes. you were ready. Yes. I could just erase it. It was just memories, you know. Um, hold those memories close. Just because They pass, but that doesn't mean they leave from your heart. Right. They're always in your heart. Always there. So, you know, like I said, it's it's important to focus on memories. Um, that's the biggest thing is to focus on the memories, not to stay stuck, Yes. you know, in that place. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the questions um, I asked one of my, my brother, <clears throat> he was really close to him because um, they did a lot of things together, and I said to him, but do you think Danny would want you to be just stuck mm -hmm. right here? I mm -hmm. mean, what what would he tell you? Right. What would he tell you if he were alive? Right. He's like, he tell me quit being stupid and get up. And do so. I said, okay. There you go. So you got to, at some point, you got to mm -hmm. push forward and push through. Mm -hmm. um, and I, like I said, it's not an easy process. Right. You know, there's, I think it takes some people years, some people months. Right. Um, I do feel like, though, it's how a person passes that helps you get through it. Yes. To me, when they've been sick, you kind of go, okay, they have been sick. You kind of rationalize right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> we attempt. Well, yes, we, we, we try. We try. We try. But when they just go right, suddenly, suddenly, you, you, you don't can't have get to, ready for no, it. No. Yeah. You don't have time to. Mm -hmm. And that was their, in both their cases, that's right. what happened. So just kind of left this empty hole. But I filled that hole with positive things. I I refused to be stuck stuck yes. there, and I wasn't going to be in that depression. Yes. I wasn't going to be there. Yes. So I focused on memories. Like I said, I, I came to church even when I didn't feel like it. I came. Yes. I listened. I be, I became more engrossed in small group Bible studies, mm -hmm. one on one smaller mm -hmm. group, where I could share. If I had to, right, which is where I probably shared it first was in a small group, right, right. So it's about at that point you getting you together, mm -hmm. you know, because I couldn't help anybody, right, until you got yourself, till together. I got myself together. Wow, and I only did that with by the help of the Lord. That's right. So grief is important. It's important to share. It's important to to get help. Yes. You know, yes. it's not meant to walk. You not not, not grief is yes. not meant for us to walk through it by ourselves. Exactly. There's too many, too many people, too many groups, organizations, mm -hmm. even within our church that can help you mm -hmm. walk through it. So I always tell people, seek help. That's right. You know, that's what it's for. That's right. Well, thank you so much oh, for no, sharing. Thank you. Thank you it for having me. It has been so me. awesome to hear your story <laughs> and just to help hear you be so encouraging. That's what we need right now. So. With everything going on and, you know, in the news, you're hearing all these things happening. So we need some positive, uh, we need some positivity. And thank you for sharing your positive voice with us. Yeah. 
Well, we're going to wrap up this evening. We Once again, my guest was Belinda Akers. She shared her story of losing siblings, but she's not lost her hope. So we want to make sure that we listen and that we apply these things to our lives. We don't know. We know it doesn't. It's not easy, but it does get easier. It gets it gets a little bit better. It's a process. It is a process. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us this evening. Thank you, Alpha. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And we're going to wrap it up. Once again, this is Stay Strong, Finish Strong, Real Talk Radio, where we talk about those topics that are uncomfortable but yet very important. Once again, my name is Valerie Johnson-Reed, your host, And it's been a pleasure having my guest, Belinda Akers, here sharing her story with us. And we will uh, catch you next time. Have a good evening. Thank you.